The title of this morning's message is Moving Forward. You might think about it as being unstuck, or you might say, forget about the past. Uh, Just to think about something in a positive way, in a positive direction, as you are moving forward in the new year. And when I say that, I, I didn't want to start the message with this phrase, no one plans to mess up their lives. Kind of negative, isn't it? No five-year-old says, hey, my goal in my life is to mess it up. I had a elementary school teacher leave first service and said, I could tell you who's going to end up in jail in kindergarten. I know the ones. I know in 18 years, I'll look in the newspaper. I will see on the crime report. Isn't that sad? That's super negative. But we've all known people that maybe we went to their funeral or we've watched their life and we could summarize their life in one sentence like this. His sex addiction, she started using again. He always battled with his weight. And the list could go on, couldn't it? And, And we say those things as if they had one bad day. One bad day created all of that. No, people almost never end up in a bad place all at once, do they? Typically, there are a few things that happen in their lives. And then you got to say, well, everyone starts out fairly even if you don't have any physical or mental challenges. Everybody starts out about the same. And and that's relative. I, I know that that's an oversimplification. But, but you've got to wonder, how does someone with so much potential end up so broken? How does that happen? One bad decision, one wrong step one harmful habit at a time, isn't it? It's habit after habit, decision after decision, step after step. Now, we're going to look at an Old Testament hero that you might be familiar with, and he's really kind of a up-and-down sort of guy. And we're going to talk about Samson in Judges chapter 16, verse 1. And his life in a sentence, this is how it starts. One day, Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. One day! Now, that was probably a accumulation. But you've got to understand something else, that from Zorah, where Samson grew up and lived, to Gaza, it was 25 miles. Now, I don't think probably you woke up this morning and thought, Hey, I'm going to hike 25 miles. I don't even know. Would Plainfield's more than 25 miles? What would be within 25 miles distance? Is is Spencer 25 miles from here? Would that be approximately 25 miles? No. I got up this morning. Hey, I walked to Spencer today. 
Not one of us would do that. In fact, I think most of us would be proud if we looked at our watches or our Fitbits and we saw 10,000 steps. But 25 miles approximately, depending how long your stride is, about 2,000 steps per mile. So 25 by 2,000. Samson took 50,000 steps in the wrong direction that day. That's a lot of steps. Why did Samson go so far from home? Why did he go so far so from, from home? Why did Samson risk so much for so little? Why? And you've got to remember, no one plans to live paycheck to paycheck struggling through life. No one plans to work a job they hate all of their life. No one plans to do Christmas without kids, do they? They don't plan to do those things. Let me give you a quick review. If you're joining us online, hey, we had more online last week than we had in-house. And I wasn't optimistic this week because it's uh, just three or four degrees warmer, but it looks like the hardy Hoosiers came out today. If you were here both this week and last week, which some of you were, I just want to commend you. And if you're here back this week, I just want to commend you because I think it's what? It's about, I can't see for sure. I think it's 13 degrees on, according to my watch right now. 13. Well, actually, it's about 18 degrees warmer than it was last week. I think it was negative four or negative five last week. But if you're joining us online and you're cozy at home, hey, kudos to you. But but you know what? It's kind of warm in here. And, and the folks are kind of friendly. They don't have their Christmas, or not Christmas, uh, their uh, cold weather, frigid, grumpy look on for some reason. So, so just so you know. And if you're in Florida, again, watching this week, it's sunny and 75 here in, in, in west central Indiana. And we have better weather than you, by the way. So just in case you want to know. Canada, we love you. We love you, Canada. So beginning this message series called Some People Change, we need to identify the spiritual why. And if it's health-wise, obviously our bodies are the temple of God, and we can't do anything without our our bodies. And I I, I had somebody uh, text me a picture of their spiritual temple this last week, which was a Mardi Gras dive bar in New Orleans. And they said, that's my my spiritual temple. They were just teasing, but but, uh, some of us treat us like that. And we've got to remember that real and lasting change isn't behavior modification, but it's spiritual transformation. You know, the behavior changes when our hearts changes by the power of God, by the grace of God. And we've got to start with our identity in Christ and our self-talk. And, and we've got to ask ourselves, why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? And we answer that question with, you do what you do because of what you think of you. How we put place our boundaries, how we discipline ourselves, the decisions, the habits are because of what we think about ourselves. And, and we not, need to know our spiritual who, our spiritual who. 
And then last week, we talked about our spiritual what. And if you were online with us, we talked about our habits and how our habits determine who we become. Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? I want to tell you about a habit I started this week. I failed today. So I want you to know, even though I was trying to start a new habit, I failed today on Sunday. My my addiction, and we're going to talk about addiction this morning, is caffeine. I have somebody, somebody gave me the benefit of the doubt, and they thought I had water in this container. It's coffee, black coffee, high octane, not low octane, high octane. My goal this week has been before I drink a cup of coffee, to drink a 16 ounce glass of water every time. Now, what that means is you probably will see me running to the bathroom often. True story. But that's my goal. That's one of the habits I want to change. Now, today we're going to talk about the spiritual what not to do. The spiritual what not to do. And some of you have been waiting on this because some of us have some bad habits. I have some bad habits. I'm not proud of. I'll tell you about another one today. But based on who you want to become, what habit do you need to break? And one of them for me is caffeine. What habit do you need to break? What habit right now is the Holy Spirit whispering inside your head? And yes, he is speaking to you right now. I know. And he's saying, you need to quit that. Your wife or your spouse, your husband have been nudging you for years about that bad habit. And you've not been paying attention to him. Now the Holy Spirit's whispering to you. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote the book of James, he says it this way, and I cheated. I used the Good News translation today instead of ESV because it actually uses the word habit. So it would be more direct in this message. It says, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts which is able to save you. That's what I'm saying to you today. Get rid of that filthy habit. And you need to be specific based on who you want to become. What one habit do you need to break? Now, all my addicted friends, and I have a lot of addicted friends, and every once in a while they'll call me up and they'll be blown away drunk or blown away stoned, and they'll call me and we'll talk. And they always want to know what my addictions are. And I I will say caffeine is an addiction that I have. Food is another addiction that I have. I like to eat. And if there's good fruit pie with ice cream on it, heated up, I like to eat that with my other addiction, which is coffee. That's an addiction. And uh, my other addiction is working. I, I, you know, I, I don't like to sit still. If there's something to do, I like to do it. I will work until I can't work anymore, and then I'll go into a, a, a coma of rest. But that's how I, how I do it. And so that's a, another uh, addiction that I have. For you, for me, you can't defeat what you do not define. You can't defeat what you do not define. What is that habit that you need to defeat and you need to define how you are going to defeat it? Maybe diet, that fruit pie or that chocolate or whatever it is 
It's calling your name. Those fried French fries, that fried chicken or whatever it is that's calling your name. That digital engagement, maybe your iPhone or your Android is telling you how much time you're spending and it's way too much time on your phone or other devices. Maybe it's substance abuse of some type. We have some folks that have some addiction issues in that area. I've been particularly interested. I had had a friend of mine who was doing some research, and he wanted to know how the opioid addiction was impacting our congregation. This has been years ago. And I said, you know, at that time, I didn't think that that impacted us. But lo and behold, over the last few years, we've had some folks who've had some serious illnesses that have been prescribed pain medication. They've struggled with that addiction because it's so, so powerful. And I've told you stories about friends that have gone through some of those things. And then some of us have an attitude addiction, and typically it's a bad attitude. And maybe you walk around like I do at different times with a grumpy face. Believe it or not, you have an addiction as well. And if you don't know what your addiction is, let me live around you for a while and I'll tell you what it is. Because we all have these problems. Don't deny it. So ask yourself, what habit do you want to break? And, 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 and when we think about that, why are good habits so difficult to start? And why are bad habits so difficult to break? Why? And I think a couple of the reasons, and here's one, is when you start a good habit, the, it's painful. The pain is now as you start because you're breaking into that habit. And the payoff is later. If you start exercising in my exercise class, and I was encouraging one of our uh, young ladies that came to our exercise class, and she said, you know, when, when I come to that exercise class, I about pass out. And I say, yes, because we have this gal who's the leader of this class, and, and uh, she's uh, a little, uh, what do I say? Motivated. She's highly motivated. And so her goal is to kill every one of us. And so we we did a hundred push-ups and we did a hundred squats and we did a hundred of this and another hundred of that and a hundred of other and we did them all in twenty minutes. And I said, "Well, is class over?" She said, "No, we're just starting." And I groaned. But it's painful, and so you walk away the next day. You can barely walk. That's how a new habit, a good habit, is. It it's painful. But when you start a bad habit, the payoff is now. You feel good. You, 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 you have that adrenaline or that good feeling from that dessert that you just ate or that caffeine kicked in. And the payoff's now. But the pain comes later. That's what happens with a bad habit that eventually it catches up with you. And I've had friends that had some bad habits. In fact, I uh, went to a friend's funeral, a good friend from college, had a bad habit and, and the health complications and all of that. He, he ended up with some pain addictions, prescription addictions, and he broke that, but other habits just caught up with him and he eventually died too young. 
I expected to retire and hang out with him, and no, he's no longer because of his habits. See, most people don't ruin their lives at once. They do it one bad habit at a time. And it's heartbreaking. So the question today is, how do you break a bad habit? How do you do that? How do you break a bad habit? A good habit, like I talked about last week, you make it easy. A bad habit, you make it difficult. Make it hard to do the bad habit. And you remove the cue. You remove the trigger. So I, I was, we were coming home from a travel ball experience yesterday. And we went out to dinner, Stacy and I. And I ordered, you know, I, I saw the fruit pie and I got it. And I just can't eat dessert without coffee. I got decaf, but it was still coffee. But if I would have removed the cue, which was not gotten the dessert, I wouldn't have drank the coffee. But I ate my meal with water. How do I remove the cue? I don't get the dessert, and I don't order the coffee. That's simple. Remove the cue. Proverb writer writes it this way. Don't, don't set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and go on your own way. Choose a different path. Now, remember the habit cycle. Cue, craving, response. Reward. Q is the trigger. It's the trigger. What's the trigger in your life, in your bad habit? Then you have the craving. I see the pie. I want the pie. It was blackberry pie, by the way. I salivated after it. I looked at my wife, Stacy. I said, hey, will you split this with me? She said, of course. I knew how that was going to go. She'd eat two bites and I ate the rest of the pie. I didn't pick up the coffee. I did good through the line. But then this really, really nice waitress about, I, you know, I looked at her. I said, can you give me some decaf coffee? And I gave her some money, and she went and got it for me. I caved. I failed. I'm craving. And then I responded, and then the reward was immediate pleasure. Now today, I'm regretting it. I confess my sin at communion, but now I'm confessing it to you, and this is kind of painful. So if you want to stop what you do, remove the cue. Remove the cue. Remove the trigger. So what are the five most common cues or triggers? Places. If you have a problem with alcohol, don't go to a bar. Don't go to a tavern. Don't go to a place where you know your friends and people fellowship. If that's your addiction, if it's drugs and alcohol or drugs, don't go to those places. Times. When are you at, at your weakest? Is it at dinner time or is it at snack time later in the evening? Do you keep stuff in your house if you don't get rid of it? What kind of mood are you in? If you're depressed, is that a trigger? If you're happy, is that a trigger? I had a, a guy that rented from me with his girlfriend. Yes, they were living in a a camper over over in the trailer court, and I 
thought, hey, this is a good gamble. That's what you do as a landlord. It's a gamble. I rented to them. I moved them to one house, and I had some difficulties with the house, and it was on me, so I moved them to a nicer house. And uh, they started, they were doing great. He had, you know, he had, had a felony. He had a background. They were doing really, really good. They were paying their rent. They were paying their bills. He had a car. He had a Harley. And I looked at him and I said, you know, you are doing so well that a lot of times when you're doing this well, and I didn't want to jinx him. He said, I said, you need to really be on your guard. And lo and behold, he was gone with the car and with the motorcycle, left his girlfriend, was in some dive. And uh, about a year later, I'm watching the news at 10 o'clock at night. And lo and behold, there was his name. And he'd actually shot, uh, you know, shot a gun at another person. And he had gone down that path because he was in a good mood. Things were going well. And, and that is a dangerous time for a lot of us in our addictions. There are moments like I'm talking about, and, and they can be different triggers, different moments for different, different things. And then the people that we surround ourselves with, are they helping you? Are they hurting you? Maybe people, your friendship circle, maybe your neighbors, it might be your work group. I don't know who it is. It may be family that you need to avoid or distance yourself. They did some research. They tracked tracked this over 12,000 people over a period of 32 years, over three decades. If your friend was overweight, the chances that you will be overweight is increased by 57%. Now, that doesn't mean... That, that you distance yourself from your other overweight or your overweight friends. And I'm not accusing you of being overweight. Please don't hear that. But I'm saying realize the influence. If one friend loses weight, the other friends will lose weight one third of the time. So you may need some encouragement from others. The proverb writer writes it this way. He says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. You see, by removing the cue, removing the trigger, you interrupt the action long enough to take a pause to realize the decision you are making in regard to that habit. Now, you might be asking this question, why resist a temptation in the future if you have the power to eliminate it today? Why go down that road if you can say no now? Don't even start it. I have several friends who said, I wish I would have never started this. I wish I never placed myself in this position. I would never be where I am. Now, I want you to hear this. For severe measures, like in the area of gambling, drugs, for other prescription drugs or illegal drugs, illicit drugs, alcohol, sexual, you may need rehab. That's just that simple. And, and, and some of you are heading down that road and you think you aren't going to, to go down that road, but, but eventually you're going to run into the legal system, the justice system, and it's going to be court ordered. And I have a lot of friends that have gone down those roads. And we have a lot of folks that are, you know, in a, in a crowd this large, or, or if you're watching online, I know that the statistics say that there are people that are dealing with these issues amongst us. Just the odds are there. 
And if you are, why don't you take care of it now before you lose everything? I've got good friends that have lost everything. Their their families, their their spouses, their kids, their livelihood, all of that. And it breaks my heart, and it's broken their hearts. You see, the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. They just will. And you have to ask yourself the question, as I ask myself the question, do you like the direction your habits are taking you right now? Is it going positive for you? Because if you remove the cue, you interrupt the action. I have uh, friends, and I've talked to some friends, and, and if you were struggling with an addiction and you don't have anybody to go to a meeting with you, I will go with you. I've made that offer several times to several different people over the years. And, and, and it's the first step. And in fact, sometimes that step alone interrupts the, the addiction. Now, I want, I want you to hear the bad news first. The bad news is that Samson took 50,000 steps in one direction to start his addiction and to start his downward spiral. But I also want you to hear the good news that Samson took 50,000 steps, and each step he could have turned around and walked back home to Zora. You have those same decisions in your life going on right now. Now is the time. Bad news, good news, you choose. That is who you are and what you can do. Remember, remember this, you're not what you did. You are who God says you are. I believe there's hope for our habits Every habit, if you're in Christ, you have hope. When you are weak, his power is made perfect. His power is greater than your patterns, your habits, your decisions. Just turn them over to him. And remember this, there's no habit too bad for God's healing power to help you break. Do you believe that? Amen. Will you please stand as I pray? Eternal God and Father, we are grateful for this time. And Father, I just pray that your grace, your power that saves will also be the power that delivers and transforms. And Father, I know as I am preaching and as I'm praying that your Holy Spirit is convicting hearts and minds and lives. And Father, I I just pray that every person who is struggling would receive your hope, your power, your grace to be able to be transformed by you. And Father, I know that that's difficult, that's a hard decision, but it starts right now. And Father, the greatest decision that we can make for you is to 
confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, to, to repent, to be baptized into Christ, and to, to allow you to work from that point on every day in every way, one step at a time, Father. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.